Hey, I'm so glad you could join us for today's session. Pastor Sonia is going to be sharing how do we overcome disappointment in each of our lives. Now, disappointment is something that affects each of us in different ways, and sometimes it can make a real impact on our life and cause us to be stuck. So today we're going to learn from the Word of God, how do we overcome disappointment? Sit back, open up your heart, and allow the Word of God to minister to you. Today is Palm Sunday, and this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year, as this is the Sunday we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. If you want to open your Bibles to John chapter 12, and we'll read the passage together. It says, The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This is the moment that Jesus' disciples had been waiting for. They had been serving under his ministry for over three years. And here they were in this moment and they realized that he was the Messiah that they had been waiting for. You see, even though Jesus had demonstrated through his ministry that his kingdom was the kingdom of heaven and not the kingdom of this earth, the disciples for some reason thought that Jesus was going to become an earthly king. If you can imagine the excitement for the disciples on this day, they were entering into Jerusalem for the Passover feast. The Passover feast was something that Jews would flood from all over in many different locations coming to Jerusalem to celebrate. On a normal day in the week, there would be about 30,000 people in the city of Jerusalem. And yet, when the Passover festival came, the city would swell to four to six times the population. So in this moment in the story, scholars believe there was upwards to 180,000 people in the city that normally fits 30,000. And so if you can imagine the buzz and the excitement that is in the city, even without Jesus there, People have traveled from all over the country. They're coming as pilgrims. This is something that they dream for to go to this spiritual place to have Passover. And so as people are coming, they're already excited. But as they're coming, they're hearing these stories that Jesus might be here during the Passover. There's talk of this great miracle that Jesus has just done. He's raised Lazarus from the dead. And people are wondering, is he going to be there in Jerusalem? The disciples and Jesus know for him to come to Jerusalem during the Passover would have been dangerous. The reason why is tensions were raising high between him and the Pharisees. They were jealous of Jesus' ministry and they were looking for a way to get rid of him or kill him. And so the disciples knew if they were going to come into Jerusalem, they needed to do it a little bit low key. And so at this point, we see that in the accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus actually sends his disciples ahead of him to find a donkey. And so as the disciples go to find this donkey for Jesus, I don't believe they have any idea about what is about to unfold. And so we see in the account of John 
that a great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. It says in verse 13 that they took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. We don't know how many people exactly came out to meet Jesus that day, but appears that their city is all stirred up about his arrival. You see, many of them had already heard of his miracles. Maybe they knew someone that had been healed by Jesus and they had heard about this miracle of Lazarus. And so there is this anticipation in the entire city. Everybody's wondering, is Jesus the Messiah that we have all been waiting for? And so as Jesus now enters in his, with his disciples into Jerusalem, they're not really entering low key. And so they're actually being met by crowds of people. So talk about not being dressed for the occasion. Jesus didn't send his disciples to go get a chariot or a stallion or a white horse. He sent them to get a donkey. So Jesus is now entering and coming towards the city and he's riding on a donkey that doesn't even have a saddle. We know from the Gospel of Luke, it says that when they brought the colt to Jesus, they only just threw their cloaks on it for him to sit on. And so Jesus is not coming with this great parade and he is not coming um, from his side showing this exuberance as king. We know that he's not crashing somebody else's party. The people in an excitement are coming out to meet him. They aren't just watching, they're not just observing. It says in the scriptures that they are shouting. It says in verse 18, many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, and that's talking about the sign where he had raised Lazarus from the dead, they went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. So there was such a commotion in the city that everybody was talking about Jesus that it even got back to the temple and to where the Pharisees were. And so I'd like to imagine this scenario kind of like a great sporting event. I don't travel to the US very often, but when I do, I love taking my kids to a US sporting event. And the reason why I love it is because when you go to a sporting event in the States, they go all out. Major league, minor league, it doesn't matter. There's fireworks, per, there's people dancing, there's costumes. It is just so much fun. And the people that come, they have such anticipation and excitement for their team and what's about to happen that you can't leave that place not feeling excited. And so I believe that during that day, that was the atmosphere that was in the air of Jerusalem. For the people of Israel, if Jesus was indeed the Messiah that they were waiting for, this was an epic moment in their history and nobody wanted to miss what was happening. So we see that the people, they're waving palm branches, they're crying out Hosanna, which actually means save us now. The people's response is so strong that they're actually making a declaration and a desire to make Jesus their physical king. For the disciples, this was the moment, like I said before, that they had been waiting for. They believe this is the moment they've arrived in ministry. And so Jesus in their minds is about to become king and everything that was wrong in society was gonna be made right. The oppression of the Romans was gonna be gone, all the mistreatment, the unfair taxes, all of the hardship they faced. They believe that Jesus with the power of God behind him was going to lead them into victory. 
And so in this moment, if you can imagine, I can just imagine the disciples, they're high-fiving each other, they're jumping, they're hugging each other, they're crying. This is an epic moment in history that they could never have dreamed that they would be a part of. And yet in this moment, what is Jesus's response? We see in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus is not jumping, he's not screaming, he's not shouting. We see that Jesus is actually weeping. As he, it says in verse 41, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. You see, Jesus had been telling his disciples all along what was about to come, but they were not prepared for what was about to come next. You see, the very same people that in this moment are praising Jesus, declaring him Messiah, declaring him King, in a few short days are gonna be shouting, crucify him. Within a week, we're gonna see that Jesus will be killed and his disciples will be scattered and go into hiding. From such victory to what seems to be utter defeat. You see the disciples, they didn't see this coming and they were completely sidelined by Jesus's death. Even though he told them that he was gonna come back to life, he told them that he would be persecuted, that he would be flogged, that he would be killed and raised to life on the third day. And yet they did not believe that this was how it was supposed to happen. How their hopes must have been shattered. They went from this utter excitement to devastation. You see, for the disciples, they weren't half in with Jesus. They had given up everything to follow him. They had left their family. They had left their homes. They had left their careers. They dropped everything to follow Jesus. And now it just seems like everything had fallen completely apart. And so in the last chapter of John, we find the disciples not continuing their ministry. They're not raising the dead. They're not healing the sick or preaching the good news, but they are back to the very place that Jesus had first called them into ministry. They know at this point that Jesus has been resurrected. We know from the accounts and scriptures that Jesus actually appeared to them on numerous occasions. And when he did, the disciples received him with joy. It says they believed. So they knew that he was resurrected and they believed that he was the son of God. And yet, even though they experienced the resurrection, for some reason they're stuck. And this is where we see in the story of John here in the last chapter, Jesus coming to them. And so in this story, we see four of the disciples, they're back fishing, back to their career that they used to do. And they have this encounter with Jesus and Jesus actually repeats the very same miracle he did when he first called them. And so in the story, their boats are full of fish, the disciples realize that Jesus must be there on the beach. And so they run to Jesus and they have this experience, an encounter of healing with him. You know, what I find interesting about this story is Jesus isn't angry at his disciples. He's not frustrated at them that they're stuck. He's not mad at them. He comes and meets them exactly where they're at. And you know, in the same way, the experiences the disciples had are not isolated to them. You see, each of us in our life, we faced our own disappointments, things that we hoped for, things that we believed for, and just didn't turn out the way that we had hoped. For some of us, it might be a loss of a job, a business, a divorce, a loss of a family member. All of these experiences can leave us feeling traumatized and make us feel like we just can't move on. 
You see, undealt with disappointment can actually be one of the biggest barriers to our personal growth. Disappointment in ourselves can actually manifest in shame and embarrassment and feelings of inadequacy where we come to a point where we don't even think that we can do anything for God. When Peter meets Jesus in this story, in this account, he is not, when Jesus approached him, he's not addressing his disappointment in Peter. He's not upset at Peter. He's actually addressing Peter to help Peter address his disappointment in himself. You see, Jesus called Peter the rock, the strong one. And yet in this moment, Peter is actually running away from this moment of his past. He's running away. He's embarrassed. He feels ashamed because he failed Jesus. He was the one disciple that said to Jesus, I will never deny you. I will have your back. I will be with you. And in the moment of Jesus's greatest need, when he's arrested, Peter denies him three times and he pretends that he never even knew him. If you can imagine for Peter, the guilt up until this point, even when Jesus was resurrected, the guilt that he's still carrying. You know, often the enemy will use scenarios, things that happened in our past to make us continue to question, what if, or why didn't I do this? If only I'd done this differently, then the results would have changed. You know, Jesus isn't concerned about your what if. He's concerned about what you're gonna do moving forward. And so we find in this story, I just think this is so beautiful. Jesus comes to them exactly where they're at. He does this miracle. He lavishes their lo his love on them. He eats with them. He fellowships with them. And then we see at a point in the story that he turns to Peter and talks to him directly. So we're going to read right here in John chapter 1, verse 15. It says, when they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Isn't it interesting? Jesus denied, Peter denied Jesus three times. And how many times does Jesus come to reaffirm Peter? We see yet again in Jesus, Peter's denial, Jesus affirms him these three times. You see, all of us have moments in our life where we have these incredible disappointments. Sometimes there's such deep-rooted pain that we just can't seem a way forward. Some of you, your spirits have been crushed so deeply that you just don't know if you have the strength to keep going. When the disciples saw Jesus' broken and disfigured body taken from the cross, they must have thought that it was the end. You know, some of you have been so beaten up in life that the enemy has tried to tell you that there's nothing left for you. And I wanna tell you this morning that God has more for your life to not give up, to press into him because God will help see you through. You know, in the same way that Jesus reaffirmed his disciples, he came to them, he found them in that place where they were running from their past. God wants to break into your hurt 
into your pain and disappointment and bring healing into your life. Growing up, um, I had a numerous uh, series of events where there was people in my life who had deeply disappointed me and hurt me. And I remember as a teenager thinking to myself, if I only see that person, you know, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to tell them how they hurt me, how they disappointed me, and how what they did has made my life so difficult. When I was around 17 years old, I had this deep encounter with Jesus. You know, I had grown up in the church. I knew in my mind who Jesus was, that he died on the cross for my sins and rose again. But it hadn't really touched me deely here. And so I had, as a teenager, this deep experience with God where it changed from being a head thing to me having a personal relationship with Jesus. And in that season, God did an incredible healing in my life. I went through a, a several years where I received counseling, prayer ministry, and God did a deep work into the disappointment and pain that was in my life. And so gently, layer by layer, he took out that trauma, that pain, that disappointment. And several years later, when I was an adult, um, I had the privilege of meeting this person that had disappointed me in many ways. And at first, when I had this opportunity, I was really scared because I thought, you know, is this going to stir up all of these emotions that I carried in my childhood? And when I met with that person, I was so amazed. God had done such a deep healing in my life that all I felt for that person was God's love. That was a miracle that only God can do. And I believe that that's what Jesus did when he had that encounter with Peter that day. He went into his disappointment. He went into that breaking of dreams. He went into his shame, into his pain and embarrassment, and he brought healing into his life. And Jesus wants to do the same for you today. As I close this message, I want to remind you that Jesus loves you. He loves you so much that he died for you. And just as he, Jesus went out to the beach to find the disciples where he, they were at, Jesus is pursuing you today. He's coming to you right where you're at, right where you're watching this, right in your home or wherever you are. Maybe you're in your car, or you're listening to this on a podcast. And Jesus is calling out to you and he's saying that he loves you so much. He doesn't want your trauma or your past or whatever has happened to disappoint you, hold you back from the good life that God has for you. I believe I want to share the key to you. How do you start to step into that new life and that experience of healing in your life? I believe it comes out of pursuing a personal relationship with Jesus. You see, Jesus runs to us. He comes, meets us where we are at, but he comes to us and he welcomes us into a relationship with him. You see, when Jesus came to Peter, you know, my expectation is that he would come to Peter, pat him on the shoulder and say, it's okay, Peter, don't worry. I still love you. But that's not what Jesus said. He said in his actions, he did the miracle of fish. He ate with him. He poured out his love to him. But this is what he asked Peter, and very directly three times. He says to Peter, do you love me? You see, it's out of this love relationship with Jesus that we can truly overcome. And I want to encourage you, if you're in a season of disappointment, maybe you have trauma in your life, maybe there are things that have been like ball chains on your life that you've just not been able to break through free from your past. 
I want to encourage you that the key to that is the pursuit of Jesus. That when you have that encounter with God, that it is transformational. And when you read further in the scriptures, this is not where the story ends. This does not end on the beach with Peter and his disciples. From this point, we read on in the scriptures that they had a radical transformation and they went out and did greater things than even Jesus did. I want to tell you that God has greater things for your life to not give up, to not give up hope, to not be stuck in the past and to not let the enemy hold you back in shame. As we close today, I just want to pray for you. If you know that Jesus is just touching your heart today, maybe you're watching this live, maybe you're watching this weeks or months from now, but God wants you to know that he loves you so much and he wants to do a healing in your life. We don't want to leave you alone in this journey. If you feel like God is touching you, maybe firstly you say, I need to have a relationship with Jesus. You know, I've heard you talking, Pastor Sonia, and I want to experience Jesus in the way that you have. I want to invite you to write to us today. If you just take down the email address on the screen, it's c365global at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to reach out to you to either email you back or give you a call and pray for you. If you need to talk to someone right away, maybe hearing this, you want to be able to chat with somebody, we would encourage you to go to our Facebook page, C365Global, and there's actually a little messenger button. You can message us on Messenger and someone will get back to you as soon as we can. We just love you and we just know that God has great things for you. So God bless you and take care. Hey, I'm so glad that you could join us for today's session. I pray that it was a blessing to you. If you would like to hear more talks in this series, Barriers to Growth, you can head on over to our YouTube channel and type on C365 Global, or you can go to our website, church365.ca to connect with us. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless.